you know, I'd love to be cooking out of my sauna oven every day, but sure. <laughs> I'm just not at that point. But, uh, you know, I, I just want to be in control over everything that I can be from my water to my food to just everything. Everything is so warped and we have yeah. lost complete control. And I don't think it's definitely a genera generational thing. It's hard to explain to like an older generation, but um, you know, it's, it's pretty bad. And I don't want to raise the next generation of people, you know, my children and, go so on and so forth it's i won't do that and i know the repercussions of it and i see it going nowhere good so if i can right you know do something and set that tone to keep going forward like so many others are you know we may just be in a better place this is the farm hop life podcast a traveling homestead family i'm matt derosier on the Farm Hop Life podcast, we learn what it takes to grow your own food from everyday people. Could be a college student who grows tomatoes and salad greens on their apartment patio, a former VP of marketing for Del Taco now raising cattle in Montana, or someone who hasn't had a homestead in over 10 years. This show is aimed at teaching you what it takes to make homesteading work for you, that we all make mistakes, we all have bad days, but we can reach out and help one another thrive in giving you the confidence needed to go feed yourself. Montana is like our our goal destination someday. Really? Yeah, yeah. More like the mountains, but yeah, definitely. Didn't you just move to um, New Hampshire? I did. Yeah, we were actually living. I'm from Massachusetts, um, and I still work there. My husband does as well. But uh, we were living in Maine, and that just was not for us. So we're in um, in New Hampshire, but right on the Mass border. So it's Kind of get the best of both worlds. I have access to family and work, but um, I can live the life that I want to live here. Sure. Is yeah. that in any way tied to like the Free State Project, or you just like you found Mass, uh, you found New Hampshire on your own and wanted to move there? Um, I think we always had a connection to it because it's a little more. It is more free, but it wasn't. Our decision was not tied to any movement. I'm actually not aware of that. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> now, you, no. now you have to look into it yeah like, no. oh cool uh but no we just love it here and um it just it, it felt right and i think we thought we would have more freedom going just that much farther in maine but it was actually the exact opposite so had mm. to get out I've, I've actually never been to maine or new hampshire so i'm curious what what was it about maine that didn't uh didn't feel right um well, one, the distance, it was too far for work. And then we just had a lot of restrictions, um, silly things, but things that, that added up in long-term, it was not playing out well. Um, it was, you know, we had land, but we couldn't utilize it. There were a lot of restrictions with what you could do and couldn't do. Like I couldn't have my pigs. They had a swine restriction. Um, hmm. Yeah, just odd things like we had a well which is ideal for me but it was controlled by the town it just odd things that didn't what? fit yeah yeah it was a well that um it had uh it was monitored like town water would be but it was a dug well on our property that is so, odd i've never heard of anything like that before we didn't either until we were wondering why we were having a water bill <laughs> so yeah it just it wasn't it wasn't for me so this is this is where 
I like to be for now. Um, when I'm older or, you know, if we hit the lottery, I'd love to be in Montana, but uh, this is good for now. And we have, we have an okay amount of land, you know, you, you get like just enough and then you want more, but it's good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. true. So um, what questions do you have for me? Um, just, just let's start at the top of the list. So <laughs> your, how did you, how did you get into like homesteading and the pigs? And surprisingly, you're not the first person I've interviewed with a rescue pig. Really? Okay. Um, yeah, no, that it's, I'm the only one I know with them. Um, let's see, I guess the pigs are a little bit different. I think any sort of homesteading topic is like, it's separate. The, the pigs are just pets. Um, okay. So, yep. Uh, I can, I guess I can kind of, I'll, the pigs are a quicker story. So long right. story, I've been in uh, animal rescue and all of that majority of like my young adult to adult life. Um, pretty much just like dogs, cats, small animals. Um, and at one point I had come across a documentary about factory farming, which I'm completely against, like totally against factory farming, not necessarily against um, farming, but on that large scale industrial part, like no go. Um, so with that being said, I saw this documentary of an open rescue and it had to do with pigs and just something really opened my eyes to that. And it really affected me. Um, I didn't know much about pigs. I didn't really feel any sort of way, but after seeing that, it just, it compelled me to look further into it and to see how this cycle was. And it kind of branched off from there. Like, you know, what is factory farming? Like, how is our food being produced? Like, how are these animals being treated? It was just this whole spectrum and it just grew. But um, the idea of these animals just suffering like that, um, I never could get it out of my mind. And I said, one day when I have the land and the ability, I would want to rescue a farm pig, which is the um, pigs bred for meat production. So they're larger. It's not a pot belly. Um, my girls are between, my smallest is like 250. My largest is around 800. So they're, you know, they're large. They're big. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was a big pig. Yeah. She, That's yeah. like, like at the state fair, I don't know, like some of those pigs weigh like over a thousand pounds and yours, yeah. your pigs are not that far from hitting that benchmark. No, 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 no. Especially for females. Uh, Petunia is my largest and she's pretty big. Uh, she can be intimidating. So yeah. Um, the opportunity came up where there was a situation with a farmer who had purchased a different farm, couldn't take her. And, um, there was a chance that if she didn't find her home, she was, uh, her fate may have been slaughter. That's not what she wanted, but that was kind of where it was headed. Um, so I took Petunia, uh, pigs are naturally companion animals. Uh, a lone pig is a very depressed pig. So, sure. yeah. So I ended up getting Lulu and then recently I got Rosie cause somebody sent me her news article and why not? <laughs> so that's really funny. Yeah. So we just have an odd mix funny farm here. An odd mix funny farm? <laughs> yeah. I don't I know. I like what... that. Yeah. 
So then, so a little bit about what else that you've got going on on your property. How many acres are you on? We have three, three acres. Three acres. That's a good size. It's pretty good. Yeah. We have about an acre fenced in. So I guess in some ways it does feel a little bit cut off. Um, and we're working to clear out uh, part of the front of our house, which is bordering a lot of woods. So we're trying to maximize our property line and um, clear things out for fruit trees and all of that. Sure. Yeah. Um, so you're, I mean, you're really just getting established. So you said you're clearing out for fruit trees. So yeah. what are your, your plans? So like to have like an orchard of like apples, pears, uh, like anything like that? Yeah. Um, so we got a little bit of a slow start. We moved here in 2021, kind of a pandemic move. I was pregnant at the time. Um, and then we had a newborn and then, you know, we had to do stuff with the house. So we've been slowly getting everything into place. And um, our big project last year was getting the pig pen and the barn built. So that took up, that was like a year long project. So uh, now it took forever. It was... It was long. <laughs> um, so now we're really starting to figure out how we want to plant things, you know, what we're zoned for, what we could do the best with. And um, yeah, so fruit trees, and I keep looking out that window because that's where I'm putting everything. <laughs> uh, so I can see it. I can see it. <laughs> so our neighbors actually have apples and pears. Uh, so I know we can do Asian pears. Um, so I want to do that. And then I would like to do berry bushes. I know those grow well here. So raspberries, blackberries, blueberries. Um, I like to do a lot with fruit, with canning and all that. So I get a lot of my stuff at local farms, but it's it's silly when I can do it myself. So, yeah. Yeah, that that, that is true. Uh, first of all, congratulations on the child. Thank you. Second of all, congratulations on the barn. That's kind of awesome. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that, was, that was his accomplishment. He built that. So, yeah. I was going to say, is your win for the year, the child and your husband's is the, is the barn? Like, yes, I got a barn. Having to do the barn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pretty that's, much. That's a big year. I mean, yeah. like, like having a child in the middle of any project, whether it be big or small, like adds just like everything takes 10 times longer and you're just way like stressed out, tired. I mean, everything you're, yeah. you're irritable. Everything's a problem when you're like, when you could just shrug it off. Like it's not a big deal. Like we can get through this, but it doesn't feel like it at the time. Like I'm mad. <laughs> yeah. It depended on the day. Most of yeah. the time it would be good, but um, you know, there were days where it would, like during the drought when it was pushing mm. up and you know, he ended up with a um, minor heat stroke a couple of times. Oh, geez. That's not was, good. No, he's a firefighter and a paramedic. So uh, he knows when to quit. But uh, yeah, Man. <laughs> it, was, it was a hot, long summer. <laughs> yeah. So let's see. So you, you mentioned the canning, right? Yeah. Where did that, where did that come from? Did your mom can, did your grandma can, like where, where did you learn how to or get interested in doing that stuff? Yeah. So I guess, um, the homestead journey, if you will, I feel like we're so in the beginning of it. It's, it's hard to still even put myself in that box, but I, I guess I do consider myself 
there, but maybe outside looking and you wouldn't necessarily think that. Like, I think you're 25 steps ahead of me. Uh, <laughs> I don't know about that. Well, I mean, from what I've seen, I think you're doing pretty good. But, you know, everybody's on their own journey. Um, but mine basically started, um, I don't know, I guess I did grow up with a lot of domestication with my mom canning things, sewing and growing small amounts of food, but still doing things like vegetables, herbs, things like that. Um, but the real kicker for me that got everything jump started um, was when I just started getting sick from, you know, the modern food system. Mm. Uh, yeah. So uh, when was it? 2017, I think, 2016, 2017. Um, I started having a lot of health issues and I couldn't figure it out. I wasn't doing anything different. I think my whole life, you know, I've been healthy or so I thought, you know, I grew up on a better version of the standard American diet, you know, ate shredded wheat for breakfast with, you know, just organic milk and, you know, all this stuff. But it was, um, you know, you know how our food system is. It's, it's, <laughs> it's pretty bad. Um, so the things that I was enjoying and I was thinking, you know, a, a whole grain breakfast and, you know, A, B and C and a nice, like fish and pasta dinner or whatever, all of these things were kind of working against my body. And over time, it just built up a resistance to it. And I got really, really sick. Um, so to this day, I'm completely gluten and grain intolerant. I cannot tolerate any gluten, any grain. Wow. Uh, yeah. Um, severe dairy allergy. So it doesn't affect my stomach, but I'll have a systemic like inflammatory reaction. I don't like it anyways, but still. Um, yeah, just no, I can't metabolize sugar. So I'm pretty much on a paleo, super clean diet. But before I realized that that's how I have to live and how I have to eat, I had to stop backtrack and figure all of this out like like what is doing this to me like because it got to the point where i couldn't eat anything i didn't know what to eat i didn't know what to do yeah no doctor could tell me um they were sending me home with you know inconclusive results like you look great everything's fine you know take some charcoal capsules <laughs> so, gee thanks can i can i eat as many to get to two thousand calories a day right Right. Um, yeah, uh, I could go on about this, but um, basically I ended up finding a uh, holistic doctor and he is an internist, so he's an MD um, and he still holds that license. But as an MD, he realized this isn't the only way to treat people. There has to be a better way. There has to be another way. Uh, so he started doing, you know, holistic medicine and uh, he d uses kinesiology and muscle testing. I don't know if you know anything about that. Uh, I think I think a little bit. Why don't you explain um, what that means? Yeah, so I'm probably going to botch this, but basically... <laughs> That's all right. With your... He can test the way certain things, whether it be medication, food, whatever, how it reacts within your body and what your body may reject. So he was able to help break that down with exactly what I can and what I cannot eat. So I can't eat rice, but I can eat quinoa. I can't eat a russet potato, but I can have a red potato. Uh, you know, super, hmm. I know it was, it was strange, but I was so desperate. I was, 
I was willing to try anything. So with his help, uh, I was able to really get myself back in order. And it took a long time, especially healing my gut. My gut was completely destroyed. So uh, lots of bone broth. Uh, that's been vital. That's what I think has healed me, to be honest. And sure. yeah, so on after, you know, the food sensitivities, um, I ended up being diagnosed with pretty severe undiagnosed infertility. So I've had, yeah, really bad struggles with that. Um, my son is an IVF baby. I tried not to go that route. You know, it's a lot of meds, but um, had to. And I think, you know, a lot of Western medicine things and food issues, I think I really do believe contributed to that because there's no there's no real reason. Uh, my issue is I can't carry a baby to term. So I've had multiple losses. And the only way to do that is through the IVF process. So we're actually going through it again now. Um, but I really think that, you know, the, with IVF and with the way I live, I'm able to have successful pregnancies with that bit of help now. But I really do think that that's what's totally just thrown my body off. So uh, with all of that in my not near past, I just said enough is enough. I'm not going to live like this anymore. Even going to Whole Foods and finding, you know, the best of the best organic produce, I still don't really trust it. You know, maybe, maybe a little bit more than the, the bigger stores, but I want to know everything from what's in the water that's going into these plants. Um, you know, it's all coming from my well, or we have a water source out back. You know, I want to know every single thing, like start to finish what is going into my food. And of course, there's certain things that I can't grow here and I would find the appropriate sources for. But yeah, I'm I'm just done with it. And I, I won't raise my son like that. And uh, I'm pretty strict about how we live our lives and as being as clean as possible. Wow, that is, that's crazy. I had heard of a guy, I don't remember his name or where I heard this. Mm -hmm. But he he had such a sensitivity that he has a list of something like 22 foods that he can eat. And every once in a while, he deviates. He's like, oh, I'll try this. And usually it does not work out well for him. Um, yeah. I don't remember his condition or anything. But, man, that's a short list. And when you can only eat, you know, 22 things, you – I mean, and you know what the outcome is if you deviate so, – you know, you get the best quality that you can get because that's all you're going to eat, right? That's pretty much, that's very similar to, I don't know my exact number of what I can, but if I do play around, you know, I know what's what's going to happen. So, right. not worth it. Also, congratulations on the uh, successful IVF. That's, that's tricky. Yeah. That's very, like, that seems also stressful. Like, is this going to take? Is it not going to take? And that's. Yeah. Yeah, that's thank a whole you. other thing. Yeah, yeah, and good luck this time around too. I'm sure, thank sure your lifestyle will uh, will help contribute to to that success. So, so I really do. You know, all you can do is try. Do you make your own bone broth, or do you like barter or get with like a neighbor to, to not, they provide it, or 
Not yet. Uh, we're in the process of learning that. Um, I I should be making it. There's no reason why I should be buying it. Right now, I buy Kettle and Fire, the organic. Yeah, I uh, like that stuff. Yeah, it's good. It's really good. And I can't, I can't say enough about it. I don't think I'd be as far as I have been without bone broth. Like, I never knew the benefits, but it's great. Uh, so, no, the idea is to make my own. Um, sure. Yeah. Yeah, I was just curious. And it's like the you you had mentioned earlier, um, you know, I'm not sure I'm a homesteader, that kind of thing. Like the the homesteading, like gatekeeping is super annoying to me. You know, like it it totally prevents somebody from like opening up like and asking for help. Like, hey, teach me how to do this thing. And but like, I don't you know, I'm not where I'm supposed to be or I'm not as good as these people or whatever like no stop like we need to stop that like just just ask for help and for the most part people are willing to help like i don't get where this gatekeeping came from like you're not a real homesteader because i don't know whatever it's just a dumb word anyways like what else do you want to be called right i guess i don't really have a terminology for the way i live but i mean if you're comparing to doug and stacy i'm <laughs> I mean, I would love that. You know, I'd love to be cooking out of my sun oven every day, but sure. <laughs> I'm just not at that point. But, uh, you know, I I just want to be in, in control over everything that I can be from my water to my food to just everything. Everything is so warped and we have yeah. lost complete control. And I don't think... It's definitely a generational thing. It's hard to explain to like an older generation, but um, you know, it's, it's pretty bad. And I don't want to raise the next generation of people, you know, my children and go so on and so forth. It's, I won't do that. And I know the repercussions of it and I see it going nowhere good. So if I can, you know, do something and set that tone to keep going forward, like so many others are, you know, we may just be in a better place. Yeah, it's this cannot hurt. They're going to have their own challenges. So right. if they know how to do this thing, that's a problem for us right now. They'll be just that one step ahead um, of their peers and whoever else. So they're going to get they're going to get a better start. Right. Yeah. There's so many skills like you know cooking and everything is DoorDash and take up and like i don't think i've ever door dashed once you know every meal that we we eat i pretty much cook here or i meal prep and i have things frozen that i can take out but i made it all yes. like i tell you exactly what's in it and you know it's it's shocking how many people just don't cook they don't have basic skills they you know if you're if the power went out and you had dirty laundry like how are you gonna wash it like, what right. are you going to do? People would freak out. Like, take a bucket and a plunger and go outside. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, it's so sad. It's like, you have to have this, I guess it's a different mindset. Like, It is. Know, Absolutely it is. If I, is that my preference? Do I do that? No. But like, could I? Yeah, if I had to, I would. Um, but you know, like, it's just simple things. And the schools aren't teaching it. Not, or not any around here. Um, so I think it's up to parents and, you know, families to do these as traditions and 
I don't know, life skills. Does any of that make sense? It absolutely makes sense. And I agree 100%. Um, there's a guy I interviewed last year who lives up in Alaska. Uh, they live in a dry cabin. And so they dig a hole and the whole, like he's got six, he and his wife has six kids and they're, so they dig a hole, poop in that hole. And when hole's full to cover it up, dig another hole. And I like the, just the way, like you mentioned doing laundry, I've watched them like, uh, they, he'll like post a picture of like how they do laundry. We're like, he, he stands guard watching for bears while his wife and kids do the laundry. I'm like, your kids are going to be as tough as nails. And I wouldn't want to <laughs> compete with them in anything because they're just going to be so much tougher than I like. I, I'd be like, like fold over soft compared to these kids. It's going to be just unreal, but they're going to be better for it. Yeah. It, none of that can hurt. You know, it's only, it's only building on life skills that guys wouldn't have. Yeah. Yeah. So a little bit about what you've already started. So what, what, what kind of things have you started that have worked or, or that are working? Uh, let's see. As far as like, where do you so want? Like, let's let's say like your like your pig pen. So like, how many like the the current the current pig pen that you have right now? Like that's that's working. The pigs are in. They're they're happy. They're healthy. They yeah. or do they escape? No, no, never. So that was the big thing. Um, you know, obviously minor pets, but even with any livestock situation, I and I I post all my trials and tribulations on Instagram, you know, so everyone can see how I've fallen on my face with this. Um, proper infrastructure is so important. And if you don't have it, it makes your life so difficult for no reason. Like it does not need to be that hard, but it's trial and error. Um, right. We start off with, let me see, 10 corral panels, 10, 12 foot corral panels. And that was Petunia's original pen. And then we built off of that. And then we built off of that again. So now we have, I don't know the measurements, but it, it's big. Um, I couldn't even tell you if I wanted to, but basically it's like a couple hundred feet. And it's, um, I think it's five boards tall. I live here. You think I'd know that. Um, <laughs> my husband did it creatively. So the boards at the bottom are closer together and as they get taller um and it gets towards the top they get wider apart and that's sure. basically so no one can put their nose in and start to move up a board and it also keeps the dogs out because i have one very aggressive dog oh yeah <laughs> does it keep the pig in line pigs in line uh, she keeps everything in line um <laughs> she's actually from montana originally oh how about yeah. that yeah. So they make some of the best dogs. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'd say she's my first line of defense for my property. So I love her. What, uh, what breed? Uh, she's a Caucasian of Sharka. Whoa. Don't yeah. they get like 180 pounds? Uh, not a female. No, no, no. She's like 135. Want to come in? Come on. No, she won't move. Let's see. That is a big dog. Beautiful. Right? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> that is a giant dog. 
I um I remember years ago I saw online somebody was like, Hey, check out these Caucasian shepherds. They're used to hunt bears in Russia. And I was like, for the longest time, like, I need this bear hunting dog, even though I've never been bear hunting in my life. Really wanted that dog. But then I was like, Man, that is that is a lot of dog for for somebody. Yeah, I don't it's, like you wouldn't want that in your house because they they the males I think do get to like one eighty to two twenty depending I guess and man that is a big dog now if I if I've got livestock outside sure like that's different um but boy that is that is a big big dog for like just for like the cool factor and that was pretty much it right yeah like there's there's a lot 130 pounds like that a german that's like the german like a good sized german shepherd right so that's not outrageous i've had a german shepherd and she was not that big um no her name is so duchess is just i don't know she she has a job <laughs> she does her job very well but i tell people she's not a pet uh she's a family member but she is not a pet and if you think sure. of that you're going to be very disappointed <laughs> so she's a lot of work um she does not like the pigs, hence why we have built. Oh, them. yeah, does not like them at all. So weird. She likes my new pig. They have a weird relationship, but no, I would never. They they never share the yard at the same time. We have to uh, Duchess proof the pen. <laughs> Do you think the dog would kill the pigs? Um, I don't think she would kill them. Because they would put up a fight, but it would not be, it would be a nightmare. And sure. we have a foolproof system and we do not deviate from it. And our farm sitter and anyone that watches the animals is very aware of it. So there's an electric fence. We've had to up the jewels, but you know, that with the, and the pigs know they don't bother with her. They know she, she can't get to them, but yeah, mm. we, have, we have a very elaborate system and we don't we don't sway from it so what uh what else has there has there ever been a problem between the dogs and the pigs that you had to you know uh up the infrastructure so much or yes yes um so we had to take our current electric fence down um i think it was it was the lowest one that tractor supply sells i don't know what's that 1.7 joules something like that um and we have that running all around the pen we have it. We have three rows of wire, and Duchess just doesn't care. She rips it right down with her teeth and just deals with it. <laughs> Whoa! She'll, she'll clamp down and pull, and then let go, and she rips it right off. So she ripped off two rows, and then um, she got uh, she got her nose in there, and Petunia bit her. And I don't blame her. You know, like hmm. don't be rude. Yeah, I, don't be yeah. rude. <laughs> I mean, you know, there's only so much you can take. So, I, yeah. you know, she didn't like do any damage, but you know, she's like, get out of my space. So sure. she has to defend herself, but she, they're very tolerant of her because they, it's like, oh, it's this barking thing. She just, she goes out there, she barks at them for a couple minutes and then she walks away, but she just has to make it known that she's not happy. Hmm. Yeah. So, anyways, we're getting a six jewel charger that that'll bite out. back yeah i know wow <laughs> yeah uh they didn't have anything in between so that's uh that's the next step but yeah other than that we haven't had any issues so yeah good that's good <laughs>
Uh, that sounds like uh, that sounds crazy, like a crazy time to, and it's never a good thing when you have to like when things like break and things get ripped apart that you have to like rebuild it and try to make it better. Man, like I kind of thought that was a good system. I guess it's not that great anymore. Yeah, you know, I know. This. Yeah. So what the idea is to get uh, chickens next. So we're kind of like learning. I think we started so big and now we're working our way down. So I'm hoping all of our mess ups with the, the pigs sure. will translate like really good success for a chicken coop. Yeah. What? So for uh, first question, what kind like what breed of chickens are you going to get? Or are you going to get like a mixed flock? I don't know. So I want to do an heirloom, an heirloom bird for sure. Uh, I want to do meat chickens and laying hens. Uh, so I would have to get that from a hatchery. I'm not going to go down to tractor supply. Not my thing. Uh, sure. So I don't, I don't really know. I, I don't want anything that's been modified to like overproduce. So <laughs> like the Cornish cross. Yes. Oh no. I, that is no, I, ugh, I hate that bird. Not only are they, not the nicest. I mean, anything that collapses and can die under the weight of its own body after 12 weeks, like that's crazy. Yeah. We, you have we did, uh, we did, uh, 25, two years ago. Okay. And, um, I guess we had a really good, I talked to a couple of farmers afterwards and apparently we had a really good feed to weight conversion ratio because after seven weeks, the average weight of the like processed was five and a half pounds. And okay. normally um, the birds that you get in the grocery store are like three to four pounds. And so, wow. so they were these massive birds and we had gotten, this is such a first world problem. It's like embarrassing. We had just gotten a, uh, oh, what the heck are they called now? They're uh air fryer. There you go. An yep. air fryer. And it has like a rotisserie option. Okay. I'm like, that's cool. We've got all these meat birds. We can have awesome rotisserie chicken. The birds were too big that to fit in the air fryer. Like this is, this is dumb. I don't, but yep. we do make our own homemade chicken nuggets out of, out of that meat. So that was kind of cool. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. yeah. We, do, uh, we make, well, I make chicken nuggets for my son. I do. Um, he's so young that, he doesn't know the difference. So I actually do liver nuggets. For oh, hey, that's cool. How do those taste like? I don't, I wouldn't eat it. So. <laughs> You're not one of those organ meat peoples? Yeah, no, not really. I'm sure it's really good for you. But um, no, he's grown up on uh, fermented vegetables and organ meat. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So it sounds to me like you're looking more for like a Rhode Island, uh, no, no, Red Ranger, Red, yeah, Red Ranger for like a meat bird. They only take twelve to sixteen weeks. They're so they're longer than than a Cornish cross, but they, I think that's that heritage breed that you're looking for for a it, meat it, bird. Yeah, I haven't. The coop's not built. We don't even have that. So I mean, you know, sure. the, the pigs were a different situation, but in a perfect world, I would not obtain any animal without the infrastructure so of course that, yeah same here yeah yeah so um yeah so when i kind of go down that road but hopefully this summer we'll get into that maybe later in the summer i don't know i don't know the best time of year for that 
you know, we deal with all four seasons here. So I deal <laughs> not winter. Sometimes all in one day. Yeah. Oh, you have no idea. It can get. <laughs> right. Do you, so your chicken coop, is it going to be stationary then? Or are you going to do like a chicken tractor type thing? So my husband wants to have a stationary coop, but also do a tractor. And we have eagles and hawks that live in the trees. So we can't really allow for complete free range because they would just right. get second. Uh, so some sort of constant enclosure, but, you know, a good amount of space. So I'm not sure how that's going to look. Um, I let him design all of this. He He's really good at that. Uh, and he does his research. So I just good. take care of all the animals and he builds. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I need you to build me this. I'm on it. <laughs> well, it's not always that easy, but yeah. <laughs> well, designing it anyways, right? It's just like, like oh yeah, I'll have something sketched up by, by tonight or something. Yeah. He, he already has a couple ideas. Um, my cousin lives up the street and they have about 20 birds and we've, we paid attention to how they do things and got a lot of tips along the way. So that's super helpful. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. So I were able to utilize a lot of our friends and family and neighbors that are up this way. And I would love to get into bees as well. So. Right. That that's, that's a, that's a list already. Just yeah. the, the homestead wish, wish, list, right. <laughs> yeah. Chickens bees fruit trees garden but like like you were saying like all those different berries and yeah that's yeah. a lot we're gonna put together some raised beds i would like at least two i don't want to get too big right now i grew potatoes last year and i did it did surprisingly well so you know kind of just keep adding to it that was more to prove to myself that i could do it sure I can make this work, but I have all my seeds. I'm excited about it. So. Your your previous place in, sorry, were you in Maine prior to this or Massachusetts? Uh, we're from Massachusetts, but we bought our first home in uh, in Maine. Got it. Okay. Um, did you have a garden in Maine then, or no? Yeah. This is your first Nothing's first place. You're. Yeah, nothing grew well there. It was, it was weird land. Nothing thrived hmm. there. It was odd. It was not, not good. Um, everything here is just, I don't know. I kind of paid attention to little things like what does the dirt look like, and I'm no expert on that. But you know, like what does it look like? Like how how does the grass look? Is it you know our grass is all pasture grass, like it's thick, deep rooted grass, and it's true. You know, so, you know, things have the ability to like get in there and really grow and thrive, in my opinion. And you can see it just from what my neighbors are growing. They all have gardens. Nice. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah. Oh, man. I had a question. I forgot to write it down. But um, so how do you decide what to to tackle next? It's like making like making decisions. Is it, you know is it very like, like a formula or you're just like, I'm most excited about this one. So we're going to do this one next. I think for me, food's the most important and what I'm 
what's time sensitive? So right now it would be the food that I can plant. So what do I need to be planting now to be harvesting in July, August, whatever? Like how can I be, or prepping, you know, what fruit tree should I be planting right now in hopes that next year we'll have, um, we'll have some sort of a crop with it. So things like that, like what is, what am I up against with time and season and how do I, how do I do that? So that's been, so I think the raised beds are probably the most logical right now. Um, I would like to do garlic, onions, potatoes, zucchini, tomatoes, things like that. Things that I eat, we eat a lot, you know, I'm not going to get in anything with berries. So I just want to get that all in the ground this year, but just to kind of prep it for next year. But as far as, sure. you know, real food, like what can I grow? What's going to do well this summer? And what do we always eat? You know, what can I cross off my list going to a store or going to, you know, the farm down the street? Because that adds up. I think last year I must have bought $500 worth of berries. It was insane. Whoa. Well, yeah, I burnt a couple batches when I was canning. So that that will happen <laughs> or like break a jar and so yeah. many <laughs> yeah. but um yeah so i just yeah i don't know all of that it i guess it's kind of like race against the clock so to say yeah always always falling behind and just next weekend is just trying to catch up what you didn't get to last weekend and right. yeah know exactly yeah. how it goes yeah yeah. Do you guys have a garden right now? We have seeds started. Okay. Uh, so we moved our garden beds. I built this really weird design. I was just playing around with stuff. So instead of like putting up a fence to keep the deer out, okay. I built, I had built raised beds and put like a, like a barn style roof over it with fencing on it. So I'm fencing the plants in instead because fencing is really expensive and all this stuff was free. And so I put like hinges at the top. And so like it swings open. It looks like a DeLorean uh, doors like swinging up. And it's like the weirdest thing ever, but it worked pretty well last year. Yeah. So anyways, I, I moved them from where I had I put them originally. They were in the shade of the house uh, most of the time. Uh, bad spot. So I moved them to the other side of the house this year and have yet to refill them. So that's, yeah. that's what I'm looking forward to. So like I got last year's like compost and stuff that I got to like all that fill is still on the ground. So I got to load it up in a wheelbarrow, bring it over, dump it in. And then all the wood chips. So I do a deep litter method for my chicken coop. So uh, it's like, I don't know, whatever, eight inches deep and it's four to five yards worth of wood chips. And so they, they poop on that all year long. So I, rake it all out and in the like early part of the year i i spray it i get really wet and then i pile it up and then put a tarp over it and let it sit for two to three months so right now it's about the two month mark i'm just gonna call it early and um start loading up the garden beds with that all that uh all that compost so yeah i need to be utilizing my uh pig compost pile. That's something else I have to get into learning how I can properly be composting because we have 
quite the mountain. I, the be- I bet you do. It doesn't take long for the 700 pound yeah. pigs to create quite a mess, I'm sure. Yeah, no. So we, you know, it's definitely composting on its own, but I think there's probably a more efficient way. There definitely is a more efficient way to be doing this. Um, yeah. Sorry, there's always an animal walking by. We have five animals. <laughs> That's funny. I was like, does she need to go? I don't. I don't know. No. Uh, Cats and two dogs inside. So. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, I do remember my other question. It was yeah. you. You said you were talking to neighbors and other people about like you know uh, gardens that they have and how they're doing things and learning whatnot. Was it pretty easy to like fall into a community there? Or I know I'm sure being a, like your husband being a firefighter and like EMT in your community, like that seems to help quite a bit because you really quickly get to know your neighbors and whatnot. So, yeah. So he's actually a firefighter in Massachusetts, south of Boston. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. So not exactly the neighborhood. Uh, yeah. Got it. Uh, no, everyone's just really friendly up here. And as soon as we moved here, I wanted to find, you know, wh- different places, different farm stands to get my food. And there's, you know, our neighbors just drop things off to us. We have a guy down the street that grows zucchini, summer squash, tomatoes, and he just brings us bags of it. So, you know, talking to him, how did you build your your garden? How, like, yeah. what works with your bed? His property is the same border as mine. We all live on a cul-de-sac and we're all bordering the same woods. So, you know, what's going to work for him will most likely work for me. You know, different sunlight, but ideally same conditions. So, um, and then there's a farm about a mile and a half away. And it's just a small family farm. They sell their honey and their eggs and stuff. But they have, they must have five acres. And this woman and her husband, she cans everything. And I talked to her about dandelion jam because, you know, dandelion or jelly, dandelion jelly, because um, my yard is just overflowing with them. And we don't treat our grass. We don't do anything. There's no chemicals and no pesticides out there. Um, so I was like, you know, what can I be using these for? Yeah. You know, it, they're seen as a nuisance, but they're, it's an, you know, it's a healing herb. So, you know, so just conversations with people and, everyone's so much more friendly. Massachusetts people are pretty, they can be way more abrasive. It's ever so slightly different. You know, as soon as you cross that border, it's just, it's more friendly. You can have a conversation with people and I'll talk to everybody. So it's just like, you know, and I've talked to different farmers and, you know, I feel like there's a farm here every half mile. So it's easy to start to build those relationships and just, you know, pick their brains and, hey, like, how did you start this? Or, hey, you know, What's the best time to be growing this or, you know, how, how do you make it thrive? Like things like that. True. Was it? Go ahead. No, no, no. It was just using your community. And I guess like you had mentioned before, not being afraid to ask questions. Yeah, that's, I mean, if it helps to just be naturally curious about, about things and what people are doing, like, Oh, you're interested in my hobby. Like, because that's what a lot of people like it's either a hobby or just like it's just a thing i do and you're almost like looked at funny for like being curious about just some everyday thing that they do like i wasn't even sure anybody cared about that like (laughs) just tell me what i want to know yeah i'm here to learn yeah 
so much better. I get a lot more out of, um, you know, that one-on-one -on -one conversation. You know, you can look anything up on the internet and I've learned a lot from YouTube or Instagram, but there's nothing like seeing somebody in your zone, in your area that's, that's done it and has succeeded at it and troubleshooting with them. Right. Yeah. It's, uh, it helps to, I'm, I'm way more of like a hands-on learner. Um, unless I, there's something that I have to have to know, like, obviously I can't just go to somebody all the time, like show me how to repair this broken thing. Um, but yeah, when I, when I can learn stuff face to face, that, that helps, helps things yeah. click. Yeah. So I noticed that when we were, when we were looking to move to a certain area, I kind of researched the towns and I actually went on each town. We narrowed it down to three towns that we really wanted. And I went on their Facebook pages and just watched the commentary back and forth and about, mm. and a lot of it, you know, was just friendly or, Hey, we have extra eggs. Does anyone need these? Or, Hey, uh, you know, I'm about to plant this Any suggestions. And it was, it just felt, it felt right. You know, it's kind of farm country out here, but still, I don't know, populated enough that you get a neighborhood out of it. It's just, yeah. it's good. I like it a lot. I have never heard somebody use like Facebook that way or, you know, use find, like that's a good tip for looking for somewhere where you want to live, like Facebook or next door or, that type oh, yeah. of thing. That is, that's pretty smart. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell that to everybody now. Like, if you're looking to move, like, check out their Facebook page to oh, see what they're yeah. talking about. Tells you everything. Everything. That all was, the dirty laundry is all out there on on Facebook on yeah. the city pages. Yeah, that's really yeah. funny. You just get a gauge, you know. Like, you want to know because you, you want to like your neighbors or, you know, the community they're in. And it was this point in my life, it was just important. Sure. Yeah. And it's, and you could just be like friendly with your neighbors, get along with your neighbors. Like they don't need to be your best friends. Like, yeah, we have, we just, we have good like neighbor relationships. It's, yeah. I don't know. Like, um, my, like my husband works a lot, you know, he does overnights every however many days or whatever. So if he does not here, we have a neighbor that he, I, I would notice this only when my husband was working, but he would drive around our cul-de-sac like once during the afternoon and once like when the sun was setting, I was like, what is he doing? And I guess he was trucking on our house. So, and he mm -hmm. knows my husband's at work and um, you know, he's an older guy, he's in his seventies. He's the one with the garden that helps us out a lot. And I said to my husband, I was like, why, why is George driving around the neighborhood? And he's like, oh, he just does like a, a check twice a day. And, you know, he doesn't have to do that. And sure. he doesn't waves and continues on. But like, you know, he's looking out for me. And that, I think that's really nice. And, um, you know, we have other neighbors. We don't have any uh, farm equipment. We don't have a tractor, which we should have. But we don't have that. So we have a neighbor right down the street and he'll drive his tractor up. And he's dug out half that pig pen for us and helped us dig the foundation for the barn and you know so much stuff and it's it's just nice and my husband will go over and help him with whatever he project he has and it's just you know it's just a good hand-in-hand -hand relationship and it's really nice sure yeah that that sounds really great like having having that those connections 
access to those resources and and returning the favor where where you can that's that's what really makes like a strong community that's that's also really nice about your your neighbor too checking in on you that's kind of funny <laughs> yeah i couldn't figure it out but no i i think it's pretty cool it's it's a nice feeling we've got people that drive by our house my wife's like what is that guy doing yeah and like so on. so we've come to realize that a lot of people drive around here just to take pictures of the mountains and so like i i actually stopped i stopped the guy like i looked at um I, i'm like hey what are you doing out here I'm like oh i've been coming up here for quite a quite a while now you know i live over in blah 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 and I, i've been coming up here a couple like the last couple of years and just just taking pictures of the of the mountains but he does it like every week or like every other week so like how many pictures do you have <laughs> and i don't know so it's I'm, i just i kind of threw that out there kind of as like a hey by the way like we're we're vigilant we're watching like notice this? yeah yeah we noticed this like we're not gonna so and and i've seen him since i like stopped him and talked to him for a minute and um i wasn't like a dickhead or anything about it but yeah i don't know things 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 are still getting weird like yeah like we're super glad city not be in the city or anything but also weird stuff can happen in the country too and you can't it it's easy to let your guard down very yeah no i i don't take for granted just because where i am puts me at no risk you know so right um hence duchess you know she's that's that's what she is she's she, she is not a livestock garden dog at all, but she's, they're meant for property protection and property would, and people, property and people, that, sure. you know, they know the family and I know that dog would, if she had to, would put her life down for me. So, and I would got to feel crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't come knocking at my door at, late at night with that. No, <laughs> no, not at all. Yeah. Yeah. We've been thinking about getting a dog too. Just, uh, similar reasons. Um, being gone during the day for work and whatnot. Sometimes I got to be out of town. Mm-hmm. So I don't, it's not a good feeling. So, yeah, I mean, I'm used to it, but it's just a, you know, we have a, we obviously we have a security system. We have everything and, you know, just multiple aspects of different types of security. But I really feel like the dogs are my best resources. You know, one of them, we have an Alaskan, Alaskan Malamute, um, her hearing and her, intelligence it's scary like she will hear something long before anybody else does and Hmm. if she alerts duchess then picks up on it so it's like this perfect system sure yeah yeah yeah. they kind of they pair up and yeah each other's strengths that's very cool so if they're both barking and alerting it's like oh no How do you even correct, like manage all that, like all that dog? I mean, just I, one could throw you around, right? Yeah. <laughs> I, you across the floor. If she's doing her thing, I don't, I don't get in her way. I let her do it. That's probably a good point. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, if she's doing something, there's usually a reason and I don't stop her. If she's incessantly barking at like a coyote or a bobcat, you know, I try to put an end to that because that's, you know, we, we, we get it. It's been gone for 30 minutes. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, something else, like I just, I let her, 
There you go. Yeah. What's the one thing you're looking forward to the most in your plans and um, what you're trying to, what you're trying to accomplish on your property? Is it just homegrown, healthy food? Um, ideally it's to just be as self-sustainable as possible and never, or maybe not never, but having very little fear that if certain aspects of this sounds so like ice, like, but, um, you know, certain aspects of our, you know, typical way of life or, you know, the standard way of living were to ever be disrupted, that I don't have a fear that's going to set in. It's like, okay, I have this skill to do this, or I, I am okay with doing this. And, um, you know, I could branch off of that. I'm, I'm sure you probably know where I'm going with that, but like, yeah. I don't want to get like crazy prepper or anything. Cause I, you know, I'm, I don't think I'm that, but I like to have a certain skill set and ability to not have to be reliant on the world around me if I didn't have to be. Right. So. Yeah. Look at, look at all these common occurrences that happen to people all the time. They never think it's going to happen to them until it does. And then they're up a Creek without a paddle. And right. Just a little bit of preparedness, a little bit of forethought could have saved them a lot of headache, a lot of stress. No, mm -hmm. it's I'm with you. Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, we just put a generator hookup. We would love a solar generator. Um, so not be gas reliant. Uh, what else? Firewood. We have a wood stove. Like, oh, uh, I, I couldn't live without that. It's the greatest thing. I, I love it. Um, if I have to cook on it, I can. It'll heat. That's my very cool. Yeah, my whole first floor and a little bit of my second. It it's great. Um, we need a hand pump for our well. So all these things, but you know, just. A little bit at a time and obviously you know i like i like to live nicely and you know have my nice things but i want to just know that i can provide for my family without a grocery store you know sure world event or you know weather tragedy happens like we're not losing our minds and you know we'll be okay there's nothing wrong with that yeah. So uh, wrapping up here, uh, what would you tell people that want to get started that also want to, you know, have some pigs, have some chickens, fruit trees, get on a little bit of land, anything like that? What would you tell them? Uh, I guess the biggest thing is like kind of know where you want to go and make sure the land's at least semi-appropriate for what you want to do. Um you know, if you want to eventually be off grid, like, do you have a water source? Do you like how, like your sunlight, your, you know, the ability to grow things or even just small, like, you know, I didn't start big. It was because I was sick and I had to narrow it down. And the first thing I ever grew was like an herb plant. It was, but it just find what kind of works for you and what you can do and what you can change. And like, what can you cut out that could be hurting you and how to make it simple? 
I bet that herb plant was a great confidence booster though. That well, like, hey, I can died. do this. <laughs> it died. Oh, it, well. <laughs> I had to I had to start over, but that's, you know, that was the first thing. But um you know, start off with a I would start I would suggest starting small with animals, maybe chickens. That's considered the gateway animal. Mm -hmm. Um you know, build your infrastructure and you know, have, have two or three and get your eggs, you know, start maybe growing some microgreens. You can eat them and your chickens can eat them. Little tiny yeah. things like that, you know. Once you start feeling a pride from one thing, it, it gives you more confidence to evolve with it. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, hey, I, I really appreciate your time and I've loved this conversation. This has been a lot of fun. Yeah, thank you so much. I appreciate you uh, asking me to be on this. This was great. <laughs> yeah, no problem. I'm looking forward to seeing what else, uh, what what comes next, the raised beds or chickens or... So. I know. To make a um, homestead page. Mine's, my pig page is just a, just a fun hobby. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to look for that one. Uh, yeah. By the way, can you tell people where, where they can find you? Yeah. I'll so have links, but uh, just let them know. Yeah, I'm on Instagram under the Kingston Pigs. So it's it's all about those guys. So I have <laughs> email farm pigs. So yeah. Awesome. We'll be linked on there. Awesome. Thank you very much. All right. Thanks, Matt. Have a good night. Thank you. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. I am Matt DeRosier of Farm Hop Life. Thanks for watching. Don't forget to subscribe and visit farmhoplife.com. Inside of the city, the people are crazy. Out of their minds, they ain't got a clue. We gone away, headed west for Montana. Left family and friends, all I got now is you. We both got new jobs, a host and a homestead, thinking this was the life, all that there'd be. After our firstborn, you had to stay home. That's when the work got in the way for me. Well, I started farm hop life. You'll come to your farm to help and to truck and an RV send us a message and there we